Welcome everybody to So What Now. Damn, Vic, we're already what episode <laughs> nine now. Episode nine, man. I don't know how. Damn, we've done, man. But we're doing it. Quick little introduction. If you guys been listening before, I'm Christian. Co-host is Vic, and we have an excellent guest today. One I've been knowing for just a little bit amount of time. Brian Fernandez, other known as Mavro on IG or social media, however you want to call it. How you doing, man? <laughs> What's up, guys? How you doing? Good, good, bro. So, uh, Brian, tell us a little bit where where uh, where'd you start off? How'd you uh, how'd you end up here? Like, I know you didn't grow up necessarily in Lawrence and Methuen. Where were you born? So, uh, born and raised Bronx, New York. Uh, but I, you know, I don't I don't seem like a New York ass dude. <laughs> to be honest, you know, you know, what I'm talking about like the the New York footage with the. With the Tims, with the dead ass facts. <laughs> nah, but, um, nah, yeah, so I grew up, you know, born and raised in Bronx, New York. I went back and forth a lot as a child from New York to the Dominican Republic. So English is actually my second language. I don't know if sometimes you can catch my little accent or sometimes I have words I struggle with, but, you know, just bear with me. <laughs> um, Absolutely. We both have, uh, we, uh, us Spanish folks, we all have a dual language kind of thing. And then we kind of forget back and forth what we're actually speaking. So exactly. we speak a lot of Spanglish exactly. or, like Eng- or like English mixed with Spanish. So yeah, some, some it's broken. a lot of like one broken language. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I spent like my first, like first year of my life kind of going back and forth in New York and DR. And then once I was like, I'm going to say like 10, 9 and 10 maybe. I came back down here, actually up here, I should say, to Massachusetts. And I've kind of been here ever since. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of like how that goes. Absolutely. So tell them a little bit what you do, man. Um, what's like your main occupation right now? What are your hobbies? And what's necessarily your favorite thing to do in the summertime? Um, I love how the answer to those like the three questions are all the same. <laughs> what I love to do in the summer, my occupation and my hobby are actually all the same thing. I do feel blessed to have that opportunity. And the answer to those questions are actually photography. So it's ultimately, yeah, it's my hobby, but it's also like my actually form of income. Like this is where I'm getting all of my money because it's my job. And it's, you know, like I said, it's what I do on my free time. So when I'm not getting paid for it, I'm still out doing my thing. At what point did you kind of realize that your hobby was something that you could actually take into an occupation? Um, that it took a while only because like every other form of artist, you know, every artist, their biggest enemies are themselves. Um, with that being said, I never actually thought I was good enough for it to even do it, let alone get paid for it. So that took, you know, a lot of pushes from like my friends and family and even actual clients at first where to the point where, you know, I would I would actually like offer to do a job or a shoot for free and the you know, some clients would actually like insist on paying me because they believe that, you know, I should be getting paid for it. Even though me as the actual person doing the job was one hundred percent willing to do it for free, just because I didn't believe I was good enough to actually get paid for it. But as, as you know, I kind of saw a reoccurring theme from all my friends pushing me towards this. I saw a lot of people contacting me to shoot. So I was like, you know, listen, if the whole world is telling me this, the whole world can be wrong. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So I've shot with Brian before. 
Uh, shout out to my brother who's launching his uh, fo- um, his clothing line really soon. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out to him. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so that was last summer. We are gonna hitting be hitting you up shortly. We probably want to plan another one again. Um, just kind of mix it around and whatnot. But that's in the coming works very very soon. So. Really, Brian, what is your process of when you're out there shooting, whether it's the setting, uh, the personnel? What's um, kind of like your your overall, like, not necessarily theme, but like, how do you go about like starting up with a client, especially one you've never worked with before? So that's, I mean, that's a very interesting question because I'm actually like in a very weird time in my life when it comes to my craft, but I'm going to pin that that topic for later. Um, <laughs> so it really depends on like the clientele and what it is that they're looking for. I mean, for the most part, before a client even comes to me, they should already know kind of like what I can provide and what kind of look I can give them. Cause like, you know, for example, like I don't really shoot weddings. I don't shoot baby showers. I don't shoot like baby pictures. So if you come to me asking for a baby shower, you're clearly contacting the wrong person, <laughs> but you should know. I mean, especially based off of, like, my website, even my Twitter, my Instagram feed, like, I have my work showcased everywhere, all my social medias. So, I, you know, I advise all my clients to make sure you look at everything I do to kind of get a feel of my work. And then from there, you know, contact me. But uh, with that being said, you know, like, obviously, I, I, I try to make my clients idea or you know imagination as close as possible like to real so if you have like a certain idea in your head i i will try my best to you know, make that idea of yours come to life but obviously with my own twist to it but ultimately that's kind of like my my real like goal like my theme i, I really just try to get as real as possible I, I i don't like super like saturated images or crazy kind of like Photoshop looking things. My, I think my style of photography is really just showing the world what I see through my eyes. Excellent. That's what makes you different, man. I feel like a lot of photographers, like you say, uh, for weddings, baby shower, etc., they're all like the same exact photographer, same type. But there's yeah. something about like your images that, um, I don't know, if the whoever's listening to this right now, you got to go check out his Instagram page, seriously. <laughs> um, I'll link it into the bio as soon as this episode is over. And um, the website. And the website, like everything. So this guy's pictures, like the angles he takes, just the the feeling of the picture, you're, it just hits you yeah. in a way. And I think one way I can describe it myself is like it's realness, if that makes any sense. I don't, like, it, when I see your pictures, it's just like, I don't know. I'm like immersed <laughs> into it. It's just hard to describe. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate that, guys. For real, thank you. And yeah, so that's that's ultimately like like my my goal. I don't, you know, I I kind of just try to show the world what it is that I see. It's you know, I don't like going for things that don't look like. It's kind of hard to explain because you know those those photographers that you know use heavy Photoshop and they'll Photoshop like the moon and the stars behind a building and then like a gonna be I no I I try to keep it as real as possible and I try to keep it as as natural as possible same thing comes like when i when i edit my images too i i, I don't like editing too much i kind of just want to make it look as real as possible wow yeah that no that's truly amazing so 
really what's like your your drive your like intrinsic motivation like your main inspiration to do what you do right now um so do you remember that that little conversation I said I was going to pin? Let me just bring that back because I kind of yeah. into this. Gotcha, gotcha. If anything, we can save it for later as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you asked kind of like what's what's my inspiration? I've I've been kind of struggling with that the past couple like months. I'm going to say the past couple like three or four months. Um. So I've been wanting to somewhat shift my whole theme and like look of my photography as a whole get me only because like if i look through like my feed right now or like even just all my work if i were to lay out all my pictures that i've ever taken in my life on a giant table and i looked at everything as a whole i'm actually not very content with my work if that makes sense again like i said all artists they're big the biggest enemies are themselves so I'm probably just being extremely hard on myself. But overall, I don't know why. I just, I'm proud of the fact that I've come so far skill-wise. I mean, I know I know that I've I've come a long way. I've learned a lot more things. But with that being said, the actual content itself, I'm actually not that happy with. Um, so I'm actually, I'm currently trying to figure out why. And I think I actually got kind of, I got it down, I think. <laughs> we'll see. But the answer to that is uh, with any craft, no matter what, we all have inspirations. And with, with those inspirations, um, we kind of strive to be somewhat like them. So, for example, like if you're a basketball player and you look up to, let's say, Michael Jordan, obviously you're going to look up, you know, different movesets or how he trained, how he practiced, because you're somewhat going to copy the way he did it because that's your inspiration. Uh, let's see somebody else. Alex, I'll use photography. Let's say if I, if I looked up to a certain photographer because I loved his work, to a certain extent, every single time I shoot, I'm going to try to copy his work in a sense. Not 100% copy exactly how it is, but obviously, you know, take points from his work and try to util- utilize it in my way. So in a way, yeah, your inspirations really, really do have a heavy uh, toll on your work as well. So I think that the reason that I don't like the work that I've been doing the past two, three years is because of the inspirations that I've had over the past two, three years. So the people that I look up, that I used to look up to, because I don't look to them, I don't look up to them anymore. Uh, the people I used to look up to, now that I know so much about photography and I've learned, I've come this far, now that I actually look back at their work, I realize that they're not as good as I used to think they were. Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. So what would you consider your your um, your breakthrough like theme? Because I know a lot of photographers have a different like amounts of themes that they actually present to the table. So what would be like your favorite that you've seen, even though you said you weren't happy with your content? What would necessarily be your favorite throughout the time of you shooting? Um. If I like really had to choose... Like, I mean, is there, like, a specific setting, like, a part of the country? Because I know you've traveled. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely travel a lot. Um, I'm I'm really trying not to, like, link that to a certain, like, location, only because that means that if I'm, if I'm ever away from that location or if I'm in a different setting, that means that I then won't be able to produce good pictures, which, obviously, that's not the case. But... Um, 
I think in general, like my favorite collection or my favorite theme was definitely like that week that I spent over in China. And I just, yeah, if you look at that collection, it's extremely different from everything else that I've ever shot. And obviously, yeah, you know, the, the location has a big part to do with it because everything else is just different over there. You know, the the culture, the, the streetwear, the actual architecture, everything is different, obviously. So it's a new playground. But overall, just my my actual look was just very different. Mm-hmm. So when you make your art, is there anything like it's specific that, oh, when you make something, this you know that this is a great image per se? Like, is there anything that makes an image better than another image? Um, I've, I've currently, uh, yeah, like I've currently been trying to really focus on not just the actual image itself as an image, but I want my, my viewers to like, whenever they look at a picture, I want them to feel something. So that's kind of like what I've been really aiming for. It's not really just, oh, that's a nice picture. And then keep scrolling. No, it's like, I want you to really like resonate with that image. Like, whoa, like that is amazing or whoa that is beautiful like i love this i mean i want you to actually like if you're scrolling on instagram to take a couple seconds to just sit there and look at the picture and actually feel something as opposed to just like oh hey that's nice and it keeps going mm-hmm. you know I me mean? so because there's there's this thing as a pleasing image with no substance as opposed to you know i actually want some kind of depth to all my images and all my collection wow so essentially, um, this is kind of diverging away from the whole camera discussion that we're having on here, and we're going to continue this. So what did you feel that was so different in China as opposed to here in the United States? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I don't know if it was just overall the, the change in just everything, not just location, but just being away from home. I mean, just like with that came all the attachments from home. I just completely like disregarded everything. So to the point where I, I was kind of in this mental state where I, you know, I was starting fresh. So I didn't know anybody over there. I didn't have anyone to talk to. It was literally just me and my camera and the world was my playground as opposed to, you know, back when I'm home, no matter what, I'm always thinking about certain stresses or certain problems that we all have. Cause you know, we all have things to deal with. But I guess when I was over there, I just really didn't have anything to to worry about except taking pictures. So I didn't actually have anything else to deal with in my head other than the fact that I had to go out and and just make art. Yeah, does that channel in something new, as like as if you were going to do it again? Like let's say you were go to um, like uh, what place would this be? Like New Zealand or like Australia? Would that channel in something similar to what you felt in China? I, I believe so, yeah, but then that's the part that scares me because then that that also means that what if I only get in that mental state whenever I'm away from home? Okay? Mm-hmm. So now yeah. I also I want that I want to be able to produce what I did over there everywhere else, but that's you know something else that I've been dealing with as well. Yeah, it's all really part of the, a big process in order to really better your art and yourself. Absolutely. So what do you feel like is the most, um, I would say, you know how you were just talking about how over the last two to three months you've been realizing, wow, this is like my collection as a whole or like my body of work. I'm not really too happy with it. Um, 
other than just you being your own worst enemy, do you believe like other things such as pleasing others, seeing what's happening on social media, looking at what's going on in popularity, media culture, X, Y, and Z, do you think that played a part in the influence of just you feeling that certain way? Um, absolutely. Instagram does take, not just Instagram, but social media does take a giant toll in everyone's lives now, not just, you know, artists, but it does indeed take a, a giant toll. Um, actually, I don't know if you guys saw, I, I actually took a break from social media for a month and a half. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, I, I absolutely needed it. Because ultimately, the only reason I really use Instagram is one, to showcase my work, two, to actually contact and be able to communicate with my clients. And three, like the last thing is for inspiration. So I, you know, I don't really spend time like scrolling on Instagram. I'll just like, I have certain people that I follow and I have like their post notifications on whenever they post something it gets to my phone. That's really the only time I really use Instagram. But it got to the point where inspiration slowly, just very slowly started turning into comparisons. Get me? Inspiration is like, wow, that's amazing. I want to do something like that as opposed to wow, that's amazing. Why didn't I do something like that? So mm. it's very, get me, so it's very similar, but it could be very, very different because one is positive because you're striving to, to do better like that person. And the other one is negatively because, you know, you're like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. I suck or whatever the case may be. You start comparing yourself to others. And that was just really eating away at me because I would just look at all this amazing work. And I'm just like, wow, maybe you know maybe this this isn't for me maybe i'm not cut out for this this is just like my work is okay but they're great and obviously you know once you start it only gets worse so then i had to, i had to physically just remove myself for at least like a month a month and a half and just clear my mind and not be so hard on myself because that's something i'm still dealing with yeah, and i truly like, think we all need that absolutely yeah, we live yeah. in, a, in a world that changes so fast like every day, is, there's something new. There's a different style. There's a new, there's a new app. There's something. There's always something different, and it's hard because you can only change so much as a person, so fast that exactly. sometimes we can't keep up with the change we want us to be in. Exactly. That, like, I mean, it's, it's just exhausting. Like, yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. Just like how you did, you took a month off, you know, and you were able to really self-reflect and and really process what you want to do in order to to make something better absolutely and that's yeah, hard too yeah <laughs> it I is but like everything else in life it's a process yeah yeah and i don't even think the word hard really describes how difficult it is in, in order to really to really process your own thoughts but when you do you know you better yourself yes it's something that i think all people should should really focus on and just uh you know, kind of break themselves down and and really get to know, like really get to know yourself. Actually, that's when I tweeted about that a couple couple of days ago, um, just because I was kind of like, it, it was something that was just really resonating with me that day. And I I asked my my followers, I was I was I said something along the lines of like, hey guys, like do you like, do you act like do you know yourselves? Like you actually know yourselves, like to the point where you know you know your your weaknesses, your strengths your tendencies your hobbies and why you do the things you do like get me like do you actually know yourselves yeah and i guess that resonated with a couple people because from there obviously it got a lot of attention but from there i actually got a couple you know a couple messages and stuff like that saying you know like hey that's a i'm, I'm glad you opened that up for me like i 
you know, once I read that, I, I thought about it for a couple hours, stuff like that, which is good because you know, I, I want people to sometimes just kind of take a step back and take a deep breath. Because, you know, how we were talking before, especially social media now, and this, this day and age where everything is just so fast and in your face all the time, it's it's really hard. Oh, sorry, not hard, but it's really easy to lose yourself. Yeah. And there's a lot of so much superficial things on social media, too, and, and just in the world that people are starting to lose what it is to, to be a person. I think I've said that a lot. And, you know, I think starting the discussion in order to really have people understand that, you know, we're losing, you know, the style, which is really sad, but we should, we should really try to get that back. Absolutely. And you really can't take social media too, too literal too. That's the thing. Cause you know, people forget that on social media, like they show what they want to show. Get me. So in a sense that like someone could be, could be going through the worst things ever, but they're obviously not going to be showing that. They're just going to show you the small little highlights of their life. And those small little highlights is all you see. And since you only see the positive, you think their life is amazing. Or you think they're doing their thing. You think they're, they may have money or they have no issues. Or, you know, they, they, you think that, quote, unquote, while wow, they made it. When in reality, that might not be the case. Because that's <laughs> all they show. I mean, especially, for again, like photography-wise, uh a friend of mine who's actually also getting into photography, he, uh, his inspiration, I'm not going to say who the friend is or, or the inspiration, but his inspiration, uh, he showed me who it was and he's like, yo, I want to be like this guy. Like he's always traveling. He's, you know, he, he's, he made it with photography. And actually I told him, cause actually I met that guy personally. I was like, no, <laughs> actually he, he didn't. I was like, he's actually pretty much in the same situation as us. Like he's just grinding. He still lives with his parents. Like we do like, you know, don't take it too literal because, again, he's just posting what he wants you guys to see. Obviously, he's not going to show you guys that, you know, he's he's poor or or he lives with his parents. So, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm not actually using a, a person's situation. I'm just throwing examples. But it's just, you know, it's it's easy to get lost and, and compare yourself to others. Yeah. Yeah, the really isn't there. Yeah. And I think it also uh, intertwines with that being the social norm now. It isn't like it was back then where social media wasn't so much in your face because it was relatively new. Now that we're so used to it, everyone's getting used to it. Like society as a whole, like everyone's caught up. So that whole ideology of where is technology going to go next? Like we know like, we don't physically know what products are going to come out, but we know what's coming next. Like, it's only going to get faster because that's what people want. People want things easily at their uh, disposal. And I get it. I'm, I'm a product of them. I'm a, you know, like trailer of the moment, whatever you want to say. Like, I don't know. It's just it comes to the point in time where you need to take that time and release. And. I think you just did a great thing and that's probably going to inspire so many people to do that in a case of where they want to let go of Snapchat. They want to let go of Instagram. They want to let go of Twitter or Facebook because they're just so sick of what's going on and they're really losing themselves as opposed to them finding themselves through these, um, through these products and, and apps or whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah. And I mean, I'd see it in myself too. Like I wake up, first thing I do is go on Instagram. I go to sleep and the last thing I see is my Snapchat. So I have a question for Brian. How were you able to really disconnect from social media for that month? Like, how were you able to start that? Because for myself, I, I don't even know how to do that because I'm just so hooked <laughs> to my phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that's I mean, tough. you know, I, I can't be uh, completely like like detached from like obviously, you know, I, I still want to sleep like, with my phone on me, obviously, just in case like my mom calls me or like if my girlfriend needs anything. Um, but mm-hmm. honestly, it was actually like a lot easier than I thought it was going to be, only because me personally, I. I love, love music. So I can honestly just sit in my room and just listen to music and do nothing. And I'm also a big reader. Um, so actually, that's what really helped me out. So every single night before I went to bed and in the morning, um, I took at least 20 minutes to read, regardless of what that may be. I mean, it doesn't have to be an actual book if you guys don't actually like reading. But maybe, maybe like, you know, look at a website, look at the news, whatever that may be, just make sure it's actually... Make sure that when you wake up, the first thing you feed your your brain and your mind is something productive and not something so, like, empty like social media and, like, Snapchat and Twitter. I mean, that should be the mm-hmm. first thing that you expose your mind to. Because especially, like, you know, like how, uh, how Christian was saying that, you know, everything is so fast in your face and, like, people just want everything now. If the first thing you're doing when you wake up is just immediate just anxiety and just, oh, I want this now, no, 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 no. You, the, like, I'm assuming the rest of your days is just going to be about the same thing, where it's just like you kind of already started with the wrong foot, if that kind of makes sense. So like, yeah. that, that, that uh, the first thing I did, no matter what, is just, you know, I didn't even check my phone for text messages. First thing I do, you know, I stretch, wake up, brush my teeth, I grab my book, and I read for exactly 20, maybe 30 minutes every morning, no matter what. Because it's really not about the reading or it's not about, uh, what you do in the morning, it's really about self-discipline. Yeah. yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, is just self-discipline and teaching yourself and, like, forcing yourself to do that to the point where it doesn't feel like a chore anymore. It kind of just feels like the natural thing to do. Yeah. yeah that, that's a great way of doing that, too. Um, I'm gonna have so to you try. basically block out that whole behavior with other behaviors, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that that's basically on how you even change behavior in the first place. That's yeah. like the fun, fundamental yeah. classic way. I want to say the fruiting, fruiting replacing. Or, yep. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like conditioning. And, yeah. Conditioning. Yeah. And um, you know, like like psychologist says, it takes exactly two weeks to form a habit. So after two weeks, it's not even going to become like a thing that you have to remind yourself. You're just gonna do it <laughs> without even thinking about it. You're just gonna, you know, wake up, stretch, grab a book, or grab a journal, grab a magazine, or maybe grab a computer and go on, you know, go read an article, wherever it may be. But just, you know, make sure that when you wake up, the first thing you're feeding your mind isn't just senseless Twitter <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. You know I mean, yeah. But you know, with that being said, I'm not like slandering social media. It's not like I'm not saying don't use it. Obviously, you can use it. Twitter, I, I. I love Twitter. Twitter is the funniest thing in the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Twitter> <laughs> I, yeah. I, of course, Twitter is undefeated. But like, I can't live without all these memes that are go- that are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, staying uh, hip with all the memes, man. Yeah, something exactly. I gotta be immersed to, man. That's like my life, bro. Like, 
I'd be sending memes 24-7 of Vic or I'm just saying it. I'm just sending it to another one of my homeboys. And I'm just like, yo, we just start laughing for like 15 minutes straight. You don't know why you're still laughing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, obviously I'm not saying, you know, don't use social media. Of course, if you use social media, just limit yourself, discipline yourself, give yourself an actual, you know, like give yourself a limit. So make sure not to use too much of it. Like I love the whole uh, – how. But uh, Apple put the screen time on on the new iPhone, so you can actually see oh, yeah. how like how much time you've been on. That's actually really helpful. So you know you can actually set like reminders and set timers, and the phone will be like, "Hey, by the way, you've been on Instagram today for 18 hours. You should probably get off." <laughs> yeah, that's scary. It's a wake up call. Yeah, those yeah. yeah those statistics are pretty 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 damn useful. So yeah. <laughs> diverging a little bit, I noticed a few of your tweets over the last couple of weeks and they really resonated with me, man. It was crazy. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. And <laughs> yeah, no, it was one of them. Cause it was, cause it was facts. Um, and I'll quote you. I think I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, here it is. Watching anime, alternative music, thrifting, folding my pants at the ankles, enjoying art and going to museums. All things I used to get criticized for doing. Now it's hip. Yep. That shit wow. is so real. Like Damn. this is like, like Sheesh. no, because like that's 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 the funny thing because that's another problem I have with social norms is oh, you hurts. see someone you see someone of popularity doing it, they do it. Everyone else around follows because popular and media culture is so huge right now because it's a social media platform. Everyone. On the le- uh, everyone to the right and your left side is going to be like, hey, Travis Scott is doing it. Why, why, why not? Like, I, I don't wear it or something like that. Or Kanye is wearing it. I'm going to wear it. So it kind of just becomes to that situation. And I always thought it was annoying to me. I've always seen it. And that's why, like, I had to retweet it right away. I'm like, yo, I wish I could retweet this a thousand times. <laughs> that way everyone can see it on their feed because it's so true. Yeah, it's, and it, it's, it's always been like that, too. Um. You know, luckily in like in high school and stuff, I I was pretty popular, which you know I don't mean to brag. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but obviously, you know, I I, I Vic was over here is Mister Popular over here. He had everyone no. <laughs> knowing about the school. <laughs> no, I mean it was it wasn't like the you know like the high school quarterback popular, obviously now. But I was I've always been that kid that I've always gone along with everybody, and I'm I'm just a people person, so. You know, I would hang out, you know, with my group of Hispanics. But then I also, you know, I was cool with the thugs. I was cool with the jocks. I was cool with the nerds, the the geeks, you know, the, the RAR XD group. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. So like, RAR XD. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was cool with everybody, which is ultimately that's kind of what made me and a couple of my friends popular. We were just cool with everybody. Um, but in high school, yeah, I've, you know, I've always been into art, even though I didn't get into photography until like probably like late senior year or even like freshman year of college. Um, I've always wanted to do it, but I never did, but I've always been into it. But, you know, even early high school, I've always been into art. I've always, always watched anime, like alternative music has always been like in my, in my rotation. It wasn't just rap and hip hop, especially, you know, being a, a young Hispanic male, we're supposed to be listening to, you know, hip hop, rap. If you're Spanish, you know, some bachata, merengue. Yeah, I listen to that. But I also listen to, like, rock and alternative music and, like, indie yeah, music. Country. 
country. I don't know about country, but anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> I'm going to just skip that one, but anyway. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. No, no, yeah, you teach your own. I respect the fact that, you know, you listen to country. I can't do it. <laughs> no, yeah, so I remember even though, you know, someone being somewhat popular, everyone knowing, blah, blah, like, whenever my friends, you know, would, uh, I, not, not really my close friends, but just people in general, just society, like, if I, if I posted, like, that I was, you know, listening to the certain, you know, alternative music, or if I went thrifting, it was just like, oh, you go thrifting? Why not just buy your clothes new? Or you watch anime, you're such a weirdo. Or like, whoa, you listen to Tyler Creator? That guy's weird. Look at, actually, that's a big one, because look at how big and popular Tyler the Creator is now. Yeah. And back when I was listening to him, everyone was like, whoa, you're a psycho. And it's just, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's just little <clears throat> things like that, that at the time were just like, you know, you're different, you're weird, like you get criticized. But now that, you know, like, big people are, they're overall, like, it's just the norm. Now it's cool. Yeah, now it's, like, it's cool to be weird, if that if that kind of makes sense. No, absolutely, it's, yeah. It's cool to be, like, it doesn't make sense. It's cool to be different. It's cool to stand out. It's cool to be weird. But back then, it was it was not the case at it all. It was the worst thing. Yeah. It was the worst thing ever. Like, if you watch anime, you're a weirdo. If you, listen, if you don't listen to rap and hip-hop, what are you doing? If you go thrifting, you're poor. Like, the, you know, that's what those things related to, unfortunately. But now it's like, you know, you go thrifting, oh, you're cool. Like, if you watch anime, oh, that's fire. Like, I love a girl that watches it. I mean, like, it's just it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is weird. Probably the norm is nowadays that it's cool to run around with your stacked-ass backpack thinking like you're flying with your superhero <laughs> cape. That's probably cool nowadays now. Yeah. Damn, man. Like, it's so stupid. And here's another one of the tweets, I think. I saved it. Yeah, here it is. Um, it was actually a couple of days ago. And because you just mentioned music not too long ago. And this one's pretty cool. Is it just me or does everybody have that one song that makes them incredibly happy and sad at the same time? Ooh, absolutely. That was an amazing yeah. tweet, man. I was like, oh, shit. Thank you. <laughs> so... I mean, the actual idea came from the last book that I read, which is, um, actually, it was turned into a movie. So maybe you guys have heard of the movie. It's called The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, fantastic movie, even better book if you guys ever actually want to read. But it's a great movie. And the actual the opening scene of that movie and the book is a little kid he's writing in his journal. And his best friend just actually passed away from suicide. Um, so he's, you know, he's dealing with a lot. And the first thing he says that he writes in his journal is, you know, dear diary, I'm currently happy and sad at the same time. And I'm still figuring, I'm still trying to figure out how that is. So that always resonated with me. And then, you know, with that, it kind of transcended to music as well, because music obviously makes you feel some kind of emotion. Uh, I was listening to this song. Man, I, actually, I don't think I'm going to see the song. I was listening to a certain <laughs> song. <laughs> and, you know, obviously songs are always linked to, you know, either memories or just certain points of your life where it brings either happy or sad memories and visions and stuff like that. So I was listening to the song and, you know, the first half of it made me in a good mood. Like I was, you know, I was tapping my feet. I was, you know, I was, I was feeling good. But then the second half, then started, you know, I started to remember everything that came with that song, which is all the memories of the people that I used to listen to that song with. I'm not gonna name who they are, 
or, or what song it is, but the second half of the song made me realize, damn, like, you know, the first time I listened to the song, I was with this person, or I was hanging out with this person, or me and my boys were in the car, you know, so it kind of just got to me, like, I kind of wish I was back at that moment. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was crazy, you know, that just a little three-minute song has so much power. Yeah, no, man, the, the power of music, bro. That's such a huge influence, especially like any day in time, especially the dawn of music from when it was first created, like the first notes. And to now, like everything could just impact you just like at a snap of a finger. It's that easy, man. Yeah. So, all right. So then with that being said, <laughs> do you guys have that song? You guys have oh. that one song that makes you very happy and very sad? Oh, man. At the same exact time? Yeah, I do, actually. Cool. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> let me tell you the song, especially. It's Drake's Can't Have Everything. Um, and that song basically entails, like, you know, he just going through the rap game and him realizing that he has so much more to go through. And, you know... It kind of just like, it makes me realize, damn, like, you've had all these bad times, but there's only so much more good times to look forward to, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, and he has a line in the song, you know, like me and all the dogs acting like some dogs. Um, that just like, boom, right there, that one line, you go and say, shit, like, that makes me like think of like freshman year, sophomore year of high school, me breaking it down with the homies and, I'm still friends with those kids this day. And the best thing they can do right now for me is provide a relationship, like a, like, like conversation, anything like they don't, they don't go around and being sleazy, asking for money. Like I know a lot of people like that. And so, you know, these, these people I still talk to about seven days a week. So. Yeah. You know, I feel myself. It's another Drake song. Drake, that's how you feel. You know, it's talking about love, the heartbreak, the does she really like me back? You know, that song, that song resonates all the time with me. I can scream that in the morning <laughs> for lunch, for dinner. That's my song. Uh, That's... <laughs> I'm just in the cut, sitting sideways. Um... Come on. <laughs> I'm glad Ooh, you, yeah, you, man. Know, I'm glad you guys have a song that, that, you know, that can do that for you. I have multiple of those songs. So I, I can give you one, but I'm not going to give you the one that, that originally, you know, <laughs> inspired the tweet. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But one of those songs like that, actually, um, I listened to a couple minutes ago. It's called Miss Glum in the Pursuit of Falling by Gus Dapperton. I don't know if you guys know who that Gus is. Gapperton. Yeah, Gus Dapperton. He's Dapperton. a... Yeah, he's a uh, alternative artist. And he's amazing. He's uh, very low-key. Like, he's not known too, like, too big yet. But he definitely will. I know. I know he's gonna make it out. But yeah, if you guys listen to that kind of music, it's you know, it's it's a very very good song. I, I say at least give it a try. Even even if it's not your kind of music, definitely give it a try. But again, that's uh, it's called Miss Glum and the Pursuit of Falling by Gus Dapperson. Very very good song. Yeah, wrote it down. I'm gonna listen to it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. No, I love diving into some new music that i've never even experienced before that's one of my favorite things to do truthfully because i know my brother lewis he's an artist himself draws a lot paints a lot 
working on his clothing line. He listens to a lot of different music that I don't traditionally listen to. And so I got a lot of my ideas from him. And now I, my catalog can range from anything now in my damn phone. <laughs> that's, so, that's good. Yeah, that, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, Brian, diving back into a little bit about camera stuff. So what um, – I don't really know the differences between digital and film. Do you shoot with both? I do, yeah. I do shoot with both. Okay. Um, well, to kind of like give you some knowledge on that. Yeah. So digital is, I mean, that one's pretty straightforward. It's just, it's digital image. So as soon as like the camera takes a picture is just a digital file that goes into the memory card. So with that being said, if you have like a 128 gig memory card, you could probably take like a million pictures on that camera. You know, also when you take the picture, the picture immediately shows up on the screen so you can see what it looks like. You get a preview of it. If you like it, you can just delete it, take the picture again. Um, that's digital, so it has sensors. It has a lot of, you know, newer technology. Film, on the other hand, film is the actual, like, physical role of film. Like, have you ever seen, like, someone, like, developing film or, like, a darkroom? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, so film is exactly that. So it's just, like, a roll of film. You don't get a million shots. You get... And like X amount of shots, for example, like most film cartridges only have exactly 36 exposures, which means you got 36 shots. Once that roll is done, that's it. You're done with the roll. Like you have no more pictures. And then wow. obviously, you know, the average person asks, why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> why would you want to limit yourself? Um, and also, it's a, it's a lot more expensive because you have to buy the film. Once you buy the film, you shoot it. You have to then ship it to get it developed, pay for it to get developed, and then also get it scanned. So it's a longer process, but it's, I mean, as an artist, at least it is 100% worth it because one, you're doing all the work yourself. So all these older cameras, like they're all, they're all mechanical. They don't have any, any kind of technology. So they're all just, you know, manual. Um, yeah. Two with film, uh, Film just has these certain colors and like textures and just moods that no matter how hard or how good of a photographer you are or even how good of you know editing you are on Photoshop and Lightroom, you will never be able to recreate it. There's just these certain like moods and colors that comes with film that is just one of a kind. Um, so that's really what makes it worth it. It's just like the colors and the overall just how how it looks. Um, but, I mean, some people shoot film just because of, you know, it looks vintage because it gets all grainy, it looks old, whatever. Like, you know, that's teach his own, that's cool. But personally, I like it just because of, like, the actual colors on it. And also, it's just, it's more rewarding. I mean, like I said before, like, if you have, a like, a newer camera, the ultimate, you can put the camera on auto mode and the camera does everything else for you. And when I say everything, you know, for those who know about cameras, you know, it, it adjusts your shutter speed, your aperture, your ISO, your white balance. It does everything for it. As opposed yeah. to with film, you do everything yourself. So if you don't know about photography, like actually you know about photography, then you're not going to get the shot. As opposed to, yeah. you know, if you do know, mm-hmm. you'll get the shot. It's a lot more It's a lot more rewarding because, like, well, like, you know, I did that. The camera didn't do it. I did that all by myself. Correct. Damn. So that's that's pretty dope. Um, that's a pretty good breakdown, if I do say so myself. So, what do you think the future of cameras are then? Since... Um, 
<laughs> technology and stuff, what would you, you like know, to see happen? Uh, I mean, what I would like to see definitely isn't going to happen, but what I know is <laughs> what I know is going to happen is just you know these cameras are all just gonna get better and better and better, which is you know that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's awesome that like you know these cameras are just making your job easier and easier. For example, like most of these like Sony cameras, um, I shoot Canon now, but before Canon, I actually did shoot with Sony, and the reason I actually got rid of Sony, you know, it wasn't a performance issue. It's not like it was it wasn't good enough. It was actually on the contrary, it was actually too good. So the point where the camera just felt like it was doing everything for me. So I just felt like I felt very detached from my work. If that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt extra like it just it didn't seem intimate. Like when it was like me you know with my subjects I probably doing like a portrait shoot. It was just it kinda just felt like I was a machine like on a on an on an assembly line. It didn't feel like I was actually doing anything. I was just pressing a button. Yeah. Because the camera yeah. has like, you know, eye autofocus or focuses on, on, on the person's eyeballs by you know by itself. It takes a picture but it's it's just too much. Yeah, you really weren't able to make your own art. It was doing it was doing its own thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's you know that's that's why I got rid of Sony. You know, shout out to Sony. If anyone has a Sony, that's awesome. If you if you're thinking about buying one, you definitely should. It's a good camera, but just me personally, it just it wasn't for me. I didn't feel like I was creating anything. That's interesting, truthfully. Um. So, do you have any advice for any up and coming artists slash photographers? Uh, uh yeah don't quit definitely just just, just do it honestly wow, I, sound, I sound like a nike ad <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we'll take the sponsorships right <laughs> um Absolutely, no it, it really is that simple but yeah just just do it like just go out and do it uh study and practice that's really how you get better the, the more you do something whether it, it's photography painting art whatever it is modeling you get better by doing it. It's really that simple. So it's like if you're, you know, sitting and whining, why aren't I this good or why don't my pictures look like that guy's or whatever the case may be, just keep doing it. Research. Do you do your research? Why does that guy's pictures look better than yours? Or, you know, why why are her paintings better than mine? Do your research, learn, study and practice. Exactly. And the grind, and it seems like the grind never ends for you. It always seems like um, just when you thought that you've mastered your craft, you're still learning. It's kind of like I see it like as healthcare. You're always studying with the new technology, what's going on. And I always feel like that's what's going to happen to you as well. I don't know if I'm diving into something I shouldn't be diving into, but do you <laughs> no, feel you like could. technology is like something you will always have to study for um to a certain extent yeah only because you you know it's obviously good to keep up with what's coming out what's new yeah but, um i also think it's it's good to just you know be comfortable with with what you have as opposed to you know when it comes to technology at least but going back to like you know like the whole learning thing um when it comes to your craft, yeah, it's a never-ending grind. It's a never-ending struggle of, like, learning new things and, and just breaking the next barrier and being better than what you were yesterday. Damn. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And speaking of breaking down that barrier, um, 
this is a little bit off topic, but we find ourselves a lot of days finding um, a lot of arguments, especially what's going on in like politics and whatnot, or like even media culture or just any type of argument of you're literally going nowhere with someone. Right. Yeah. And I always think about the example of what you're arguing. You're not really arguing about a specific issue. You're just arguing to be right. And really, when you find yourself with something like that, how do you find yourself a common ground with someone, even if they're so damn stubborn? Like, <laughs> what, what do you tend to do? Like, I know a lot of people have different techniques. People are stubborn themselves. They're actually the ones being who I'm speaking to right now is probably being attacked. But honestly, like, we all have that moment where we feel like we're so damn right, but yet we're so damn wrong. And um, how do you really find that common ground with someone, especially in a situation like that? Um, personally, I do think that uh, I think you have to choose your battles. I mean, so if if you know for a fact you're in a situation where someone's extremely stubborn and doesn't matter how right you may be or how wrong they may be, if you know you're not getting anywhere, I I personally I wouldn't even you know actually not deal worth with the it. time. Yeah, it's just not really worth it for me. I mean, just because I. It's, you know, on my part, if I did my part and at least attempted to make you see things differently and change your perspective, but you're just not having it, that's on you. I mean, I did my part by actually attempting, and if you're still not having it, then, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be as vague yeah. as possible because I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, because it's a very, yeah. very open-ended question. Yeah, because, you know, I've, I've had my, my fair share of situations like that, and I definitely don't want to be specific and, and talk mm-hmm. about one of those, but being as vague as possible. Yeah. You know, if you did your part and you know, you did whatever you could for that situation, I think at that point it's just out of your control. Yeah. And I think it's like that for a lot of situations as well. Um, now really diving back. Um, I had to diverge a lot with my career path in terms of college. Um, what I- I had stressors of dropping out, just giving up on school in the first place. And good thing I didn't do that because I wouldn't be in the situation I was right now, going for my master's, finishing up school and whatnot. Um, So really, what is your ideal ideal situation of following your dream? Um, I actually, uh, I don't dream of anything too crazy. I mean, I... I'm not one to to aspire to have like nice cars or like a big fancy house. I don't need any of that. Um, I actually I grew up with just me and my mom. Like I don't have any siblings, and my father was never in the picture. But like most Hispanic fathers, are. <laughs> <laughs> that's the unfortunate you know, truth. That stereotype is the unfortunate truth. Yeah. Yes, I will attest. To unfortunately, that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm not giving you a sad a sob story, but it's just unfortunate. You know, I'm not the I'm definitely not the only Hispanic kid that grew up without a dad. It's just unfortunately our culture. Most dads are pieces of shit. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I do think this generation, uh, this generation of, of kids that are, are gonna be fathers in a couple of years, I think next generation of, of kids are gonna have a lot more fathers than we than we did, which is great. Um but with that being said, yeah, um, I I grew up 
humbly. You know I mean, so I, I didn't have much, but I appreciated the little that I did have. So I think if I ever were to have like, you know, vast amount of money, I probably still have the same mentality. Like I'm going to make sure I still, you know, don't spend money if I don't need to, or, or just don't buy necessary things or help things or help people that aren't as blessed as I am. Um, but as opposed to my dreams, I honestly just, one, I want enough money to keep traveling because that's really what I've dedicated my life to. Um, also want enough money to have a roof over my head and over my kids' heads and over, and also, like, most importantly, have enough money to pay for my bills and not have to struggle and not have my kids see what I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. That's really about it. Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't need you know, flashy things. I don't care about jewelry. I don't care about cars. None of that. And to add to Christian's question, are there any goals that you see that you want to accomplish in, let's say, 5, 10, or 15 years? Uh, 10, 15 years, I'm not thinking that far ahead just because I am extremely scared of the future and I suffer from anxiety. But that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, five years, I'm going to say I honestly would like to be established in a bigger way, maybe, you know, like, like I said, I'm planning on moving to New York, so I hope I can at least make a name for myself out there, but I, I know I definitely will have to be a little bit more confident than that, but uh, just have a good paying job enough to support myself, and from there, we'll see. I really don't, don't like thinking about the future too yeah. much, because then I feel like sometimes when, you, when you're so worried about what's going to happen, you miss what's mm -hmm. happening now. Yeah. It's better to be so, here now. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so obviously to a certain extent, it's good to plan. It's good to have, you know, uh, other options for later. But I, I really like focusing on what mm -hmm. I'm doing now. Thanks. And right now, I want to make sure I am doing what's correct for tomorrow, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, living in the present moment, man. Ain't nothing better than that. I can tell you that for sure. And Word. I am a person who uh, who thinks a lot into the past and holds on to a lot of regrets. I've been getting better with it um, slowly. And so if you know, like thinking about the future causes anxiety, thinking about the past causes depression. And so there was a lot Absolutely. of down, down times in my life, especially throughout college and not really having nothing to, to, to really back off on because I didn't really have family members who went to college. So I had no experience, no one telling me what to do, what to do. And so it was really like a learning curve for me. Like your situation, as you said, you know, if you were to have a kid in the future or whatnot, you would make sure they didn't see what you saw. Exactly, I want to put forward to, you know, the future generations as well is sincerely having that experience and letting other people know that it's going to be all right. Um, you know, certain situations don't last for a very long time. You know, tough times don't last. As as soon as people start to like realize that, some are later than others. But I just feel like that's the only way, really, you can find yourself, is just living in the present moment. And I've realized that over the years. And shit, my life is a lot better <laughs> and a lot less stressful. Yeah. So no, absolutely, that, that's that's uh, that's actually a very very good point that you made. And I think that's something that everyone should really stop and think about. If you know. For those that haven't learned it already, is that nothing lasts forever, and everything is temporary. So whether it's good or bad, 
you know, I'm mostly referring to like bad situations, and you know, like, like if you're in a moment right now in your life where you're struggling or whatever the case may be, it's not gonna last forever. So just you know, keep doing your thing because it, it'll get better in time. Mm-hmm. It all gets better. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, Brian, um, I appreciate you coming on. Big time. We big appreciate time. you coming on big time. Big this, is, this is was an incredible episode, incredible insight. I hope everyone who was listening, um, they they learned the process of a grinding young Hispanic male in the Northeast, especially um, yeah. with art and craft. You know, if you're really out there, you know what's really expect there's just you got to live your life and do it your way and make sure you're happy with it be happy absolutely yeah just just do do what makes you happy that's that's something that i've been really really focusing on the last couple of like years just do what makes you happy and also i can't stress it enough but your mental health is the most important thing ever yeah and the hispanic community doesn't like talking about mental health but that's that's, 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 a, that's a conversation we're not ready to have. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so true. No, it's it's true because like you know, especially in our culture, like you know, mental health, like oh, it's oh so mental. No, yep. no, no, so, so mental. Nah, it it really isn't though. Like it's crazy how many, especially like Hispanic kids, or even Hispanic adults, actually suffer from depression or things like that, and they just and anxiety and anxiety, and they don't talk about it because they just don't think it's real, <laughs> and it is. It is 100% real. Yeah. It's getting away from that old school thought and really immersing yourself with the new. I always compare it, even it's bad. I always compare it to technology, how it's always immersing and, you know, going into something newer. That's what I think our thought on society should start shifting. Um, but we'll see what happens, truthfully. Yeah. I, I have hope, though, because, you yeah. know, it's it's sad that I feel like this generation is like, I, don't, I think the depression and anxiety is at an all-time high. But I think it's also a good thing because with so many people suffering from that, we'll, like, we might actually have a chance to give that attention. Yeah. yeah. We'll be able to change that. That's yeah. Or not the stereotype, but that normal. Yeah. And it's mental. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Like, if you, really, if you really see, like, how many kids are... I mean, we're not kids anymore. We're young adults, but... How many young people at this age already suffer from anxiety? Yeah, it's too young to be start thinking about all that stuff, man. But it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Well, Brian, we appreciate you so much. We hope this is time. Hopefully, the next time on the podcast, you're in New York doing your own thing. You know, thank thank you for having me. It's it's an honor. Thank you, man. All right, thank you, bro. Be easy. You too, bro. Again, keep doing your thing. All of you. <laughs> One love, man. We appreciate it. All right, we'll see you. Take it easy, man. Take it easy.